Well, hey there everybody. Guess what? It's time for another life downloaded. Now, I'm not going to lie. Right now we're having a few technical issues. So if there's issues with sound, you guys are going to have to let me know. Um, but otherwise, I am joined on screen by two wondrous people. Two wondrous, wondrous people. I am joined as always by my lovely pod wife, the lovely Samantha Rank. Say hi, Sam. Well, hello, good evening. It's way past my bedtime, so I've got the vodka to keep me awake. So we should be fine for an hour or so. Vodka to keep you awake, that's a concept right there. Don't judge me, don't judge. No judgment. We're in a pandemic. We are, we are. And down below me, because I can see... Oh, hello. I know, right? Not, not any... Don't tell me about this. You know, <laughs> no, it's no measure of importance. But down below me is stand-up comedian extraordinaire, runner of a comedy night that involves a pug, but my brain's gone completely blank because it's one of those evenings. I'm sure he'll tell us about it. Ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Matty Oxley. Welcome to Life Downloaded, Matt. Hello. Thank you for having me, guys. Mm -hmm. well. Thank you for joining us. I know we've wanted to make this happen for some time, but as I recently just said, we are in a pandemic and everything just goes a bit tipped up. Um, so I'm just glad that we've all got together. I look very naked. I promise I've got trousers on. You do have trousers on <laughs> while I drinking vodka. Myself, but I was like, ooh, look very naked. Yeah, skin's um, out. Any, any sort of nudity reference from me, uh, Matty, so you just need to... Just bear with. But thank you, Matty. It's um, it's great to have you because we've been chatting online for a while, haven't we? Mm -hmm. On yep. all the old Instagram um, for a bit. And I just thought you'd be a fantastic person to just get on, have a bit of a natter, um, uh, and kind of talk about comedy um, and disability, I suppose. But well, I think, first of all, I kind of want to want to ask, like, how has is, how is lockdown been for you? Because I know that... We've all had our little story to tell, and even though a lot of people think that this pandemic's over, we're, you know, I'm still shielding. Um, I only left the house yesterday for a hospital appointment. So there's many of us who are just still, you know, taking it easy and being very mindful. Uh, so how has it been for you? And has there been any kind of upsides um, to to be in, in lockdown, or has it all been pretty shit? Oh, my oh. God. He's the word. <laughs> and uh, we've lost him. Brilliant. <laughs> right. so, so it's I think we should just give up tonight and just start again. <laughs> it's gonna be one of those episodes for sure. Um That's fine. Oh he's back. He's back. Hello Matty, welcome back. Oh. Don't know, mate. Don't know. Um Matty. I was like, that cannot be me. That has got to be Dan. No, that, that, <laughs> that was definitely you, good sir. I, I won't take the blame for that one. I mean, just not one. And the thing was, you were looking at me so intently, like, intensely, that I thought that you were, like, really concentrating. So I'm just talking away, and you bloody froze. And I thought, I oh, you know, he's really listening to me. You were, fro you were frozen, and I thought, oh, I'll carry on, keep going on with the show. And you were going on and on and on, and I thought... When, when do I jump in here? And then just frozen, shut down, so I thought, oh, God, not good. Right. But you see, if nothing else, if nothing else, this is proof that Life Downloaded is 100% live. Live. Right? Live. <laughs> live, live uncensored, 
uncensored and all a bit crazy. But well, well, I've got half your question, so right. Okay, what half did you get? And um, lockdown. How's it been for me? You've been shielding, yeah. hospital. Yeah, yeah. So lockdown. Um, I just kind of want to know: has it has, has anything like funny come out of it? Has, has there been anything that you thought, you know what? I'm actually quite glad that I've had like a couple of months just just to kind of chilling. get chilling and get to grips with me and do a bit of self care. Because I tell you, when I was shielding at my mum. I really invested in my social media and I really invested in, in you know, painting my nails every day and doing, like, some nice nice things mm. for me. And then I've come back to London, even though work isn't busy necessarily. Um, I don't know what it is. I'm all over the place. And I'm like, I just don't have time to do shit. Like, literally. I mean, like, my hair, this is coconut. I've not washed it in about a week. It's coconut oil, which is not a good look. And it smells a bit funky too. So I'm wondering... <laughs> Thank God that you can't smell it. But I'm wondering, has anything you thought, you know, I know it's a crazy pandemic, but things are, I've been able to work on myself. Things are, you know, it's not been too bad. Or has it all been shit? No, I, I, I adapted quite well to it. Um, I, I, it hasn't really bothered me. I don't mind spending time in my own company or the family's company. That doesn't bother me. Um, Shielding-wise, I mean, I shielded for the first bit, like for the first like hardcore lockdown when everyone was like scared and but like as it's eased um i've been going out like social distance walking and walking the dogs and meeting up with my brother and his my sister-in-law and a girlfriend and stuff like that so it has been going yeah it's been going all right but yeah i suppose being in the lockdown situation you do get to have the opportunity to reassess the situation reassess your life what you're doing are you doing what you want to do and try and think of extra goals that you can achieve. But um, I say that, but I, I, I didn't write any goals down. I haven't achieved anything in lockdown, other than a few stone and some Netflix series. But yeah, it's been fine. I mean, I think the world's gone crazy, but you just got to go crazy with it, haven't you, unfortunately? It's just got to go with the punches and just keep our heads down and just soldier on, so to speak. And obviously you are a comedian. Um... Have you been able to write some new material? Well, this is it, right? Even though I'm a comedian, right, I'm horrendous, horrendous for writing stuff down. Ah. I think of stuff on the spot, and then, like, I won't have a pen out of paper. I'll have my phone on me, but I just won't write it down, and then, like, I'll come to the point where I need to write some new material and think, what was I laughing at the other day? And I just can't remember. Can't remember the life of it. So I'm horrendous. But I have a few stories and a few things have come out through lockdown that I'm going to incorporate into the new set and stuff next year, so... The worst thing is when comedy gets back on running, because obviously it's gone a bit of a low point at the moment, when it gets back on running, people are doing the, the comedy stars and the, the comedy shows. Everyone's going to be talking about this, and Everyone's going to be talking about lockdown. Everyone's going to be talking about coronavirus. So it's trying to think of things that people possibly won't say or possibly won't think it's funny. So it's quite hard, you know. It's quite hard being a comedian. Mm. Oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> like, I... It's one of those things, and I bet you always get asked, and I'm going to ask the question because it's like don't, don't you say standard comedian one question one oh one. When did you discover that you were funny, Matt? When 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 did it happen? Well, I knew I was funny looking when I looked in the mirror. That well, there you go. You said that, not but, me. Well, I think funny just when you're at school with the lads and like in the social groups that you're with, and everyone's laughing and joking and having a bit of banter. And I've always been passionate and had an interest in comedy and like old comedians when I was younger. 
watching people like um like Jerry Lewis from America and Lee Evans and stuff like that. So I've always had a, a goal in mind that I wanted to be a Canadian. So about two years ago, I thought I'd bite the bullet and, and give it a go on. Here I am, on the best podcast in the world, talking about comedy. Oh, so you can come again with a statement like that. You can I definitely... Tenor earlier on. Ah, there you go. Yeah, oh, oh, obviously, a social distance tenor through online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PayPal all the way. PayPal all the way. What the other online payment methods are available, obviously. Hey, no one's done. No one's sponsoring us, so they can get stuff. I'm saying whatever I want. If you're PayPal sponsors us, then you know what I mean? Fine, I'm allowed to say what I want to say. This is in the BBC, guys. Tisn't. Sadly. BBC, if you're listening. Hello, BBC. Yeah. Board, so please like us. Yeah. <laughs> please like us very, very much. Thank you. <laughs> but you know what? Um, I mean, I'm not a stand up comedian because, first of all, I can't stand up, but I, I have got a drive. There's your first joke. There's your first joke. You're right. I know, exactly, but it's a bit. Get yourself on the stage, though. It's a bit of a yeah. shit joke. Yeah. Uh, it's a good joke's worth all done. I know, I know. But I mean, I, you know, I've got a good band, as they say, in Essex. Um, and I'm a little bit like you, like I don't, I, I don't premeditate what comes out of my mouth when it's funny, it just comes out and I, I like, and then I'm like, oh god, people are laughing at that, oh that was quite, that was quite witty and I internally give myself a pat on the back and go, oh you're quite clever aren't you Sam? Um, and a few people have said to me, why don't you try comedy and I just bottled it, like I just, you know, I'd have to get absolutely plastered and then, you know, um, god knows what will happen basically. Um, but comedy is when you have a disability. Comedy is something that a lot of a lot of people with disabilities kind of use. And you you do have a disability. Hope you don't mind me sharing that with the world. Ta-da! The, the, um, shock, the shock on his face. <laughs> <laughs> the big reveal. Um, oh yeah, secrets. But it, it is one of the things where I I used to use comedy a lot to make other people feel comfortable, you know? So at school, mm-hmm. or even when I just I just wrote about it today uh, in my Metro column about pain, like when I'm in pain, I joke about, you know, I joke about the time when I fell off the toilet and broke my skull. I joke about, you know, my spinal operation and the fact that they had to like drill holes into my head. And, you know, my, I was on my chest for 12 hours that my boobs ended up being massive because they were swollen or they were black. You know what I mean? Like, these are all things that I make light of, very, very dark times. But it's not not necessarily for myself, it's for other people so that they don't feel uncomfortable when I, when I say to them, oh, I've broken my leg, you mm. know, and it's shit. But actually, you know, the worst thing is I can't wipe my own ass at the moment. You know what I mean? Like, that's the, that's, that's the worst thing. It's not the broken leg. So I kind of make, make light of it. Yeah. So how do you, as a comedian do that fine line because actually do you know what people should just be fine about disability anyway like you know we're not here to educate people we're not here to make people feel better about their ignorance so how mm-hmm. do you as a comedian kind of get that that balance i suppose right because you do, i mean do you use disability in your stand-up sketches yeah i do i do mention it um oh. but i try i say i try not bang on about it but like sometimes the set does contain quite a lot. Because I always think, like, 
when I walk on stage or if I walk in front of a microphone in a pub on an open mic night, immediately people are staring, like, at me. And it's like, you know what I mean? You might as well just address it. You might as well just have a laugh with people, try and ease everybody into it. Because, like, like, I've never been on the other side where, like, you know, if you see a disabled person and you've never seen a disabled person before, I don't know what that feels like. I don't know why people are staring. So, like, it's just trying to make people feel relaxed and just... If they're thinking something funny, I might as well say it before they say it kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? It's the old cliche thing. Do you know what I mean? When you were at school, instead of getting bullied, you were taking the mick out yourself and blah, 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 blah. So I tried to incorporate that into the, the standard comedy and it's it's going really well. Tell us a little bit about how do you get into comedy like professionally? And I suppose like what what are your what are your goals? What is your five year plan? Like where do you see yourself? I don't know why I went American. Yeah, do do, do where, where do you see yourself five years? Five years. Look at look at the skills. Oh my great. Yeah. Um, Employ her BBC. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> shut up, Dan. We didn't oh. ask you. Oh. <laughs> you, oh. messed, you. You messed up the technology. You're out of this today, lad. <sighs> just look, just sit there and look pretty. <laughs> My extremely squeaky gaming chair that really needs sorting. Um, Can you like, stop wiggling and uh, moving? I'm alright. Stop. Or breathing. Or breathing. breathing. You said that, not me. I'm just reiterating what you said. Uh huh. <laughs> can, can we let? Can we please let Matty like you know answer the question? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh oh oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's gone all Baywatch slow motion on us. <laughs> there you go, he's back. He's back. Um, oh, dear. oh, you're back, you're back. We're back, we're back, we're back. So, yeah, um, I mean, I'm back, I'm back. So, at college and university, I did I did the, the thing that would get me my Oscar winning performance. I did acting at college and uni. And I spent like two or three years doing it, thinking I'm going to be on EastEnders and all that. And obviously, after I finished college and university, I was straight to McDonald's and realised shit's not happening. Yeah. What, hey, free burgers? Free burgers, free chicken nuggets. I like it. Winning. So, after that, I... I don't know, I probably... Around about the age of 21, I always wanted to get into stand comedy, but like like you were saying, Samantha, it's like biting the bullet. And like, literally, like when you're on stage, like, it's a weird thing to say, but you're completely, like, naked senseless Jeremy, you know, like you're so open you, you can say anything people can say anything to you you don't know these people you don't know what they're thinking so that was the kind of like fear that i had that i was ready for it and obviously the material was going to be good to go on stage and i didn't want to be the typical disabled comedian in terms of like you know what i mean like i've got a short hand blah blah blah, blah. same jokes that people have been using for 20 years i didn't really want to do that so I, I took my, I say I took my time, I was just lazy in putting it into action. So about two years ago, um, I thought the only way I can get into the comedy uh, full time is actually make my own comedy night. So I started my own comedy night called, Dan, called the Laughing Pug Comedy Club. That's the one, I knew there was a small, the small alien looking dog in there somewhere. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, oh. So I started Lola, Lola, that's it, yeah. Lola. That's it. 
So I sat down and obviously I used that as a tool to get stage time myself. So I'd compare and MC and then I'd start doing small 10 minute sets myself at my own gigs, which progressed to doing other people's gigs. So like before lockdown started, I was in like the process of like, not touring the UK, but like getting more gigs in the UK, going further afield, mm-hmm. like Manchester and London and stuff like that, and getting car shares with the, the other comedians in Middlesbrough that are fabulous that we all need to, to get in the car and hit London and show them what we're all about kind of thing. So that's the goal is really, I just want to do comedy, which I love, and it's like the passion of mine. And I want to do it like full time, like I want to make a, a career and make a, a stable salary out of it really. I'm in a nine to five job at the moment. Which is great, you know, the people I work with is fine. But it's not really what I'm passionate about, it's not what I want to do. And I want to use the comedy as well to go into like speaking like in front of people, to educate people, to educate young people about disability, disabled people, and just try and just show them that we're all just normal people. You know what I mean? We're all the same as everyone else. We do everything Speak for yourself, lads. Speak for yourself. I'm amazing. I'm above average, me. <laughs> it's true I, I'm just here for the ride no <laughs> no but but yeah no that's that's cool I mean you know I think Sam and I from from doing this for a while now you do kind of get a platform if you get known for, for doing your thing in the arts whether it be you know presenting whether it be stand up comedy whether it be acting whatever whatever we're doing because we're all multi-disciplined people it's a very posh mm. word for a tuesday night isn't it um <laughs> but you know and you will get a platform out of that hopefully and mm. you know to use that platform for good as they say is is all oh, part I, like of it. It. I, know, I like it i know right it's like i've done this before <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no so that's cool so it's it's I've forgotten the name again. Remind me of the name of the... Laughing Pug Comedy Club. Laughing Pug. I keep wanting to say Little Pug, you see, because I've got the pug in front of me. <laughs> so, Laughing Pug... Com- so, did the pug come from your pet Lola? Well, the pug on... It's going to get quite dark here. Okay. Tissues might be needed. So, the pug on the, the poster and the, the banner or the logo yes. is my first pug that I had about six, seven, well, ten years ago now. Okay. And that was called Charlie, so that's, that's the first pub that we had. Charlie, right. Yeah. Charlie in heaven. He is. Oh. So, so you're a, you're a long-term pug owner. That's good to know. Yes, we've had three all together. We've, we've got Lola left now, so Lola's asleep and snoring somewhere in the house, so she's left. Oh, fair enough. That's going to get confusing for me because that's Lola the dog and Lola the cat. That That's just... She's a sphinx. She's, She's not a cat. Sphinx are cats, I believe. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure, to be honest. <laughs> they are cats, though, aren't they? They're not... I think they are alien beings um, sent down to us. They're not really
you know, performance, even though people were saying you'd be amazing at it. So I, I rise above a lot of my fears, and that's why I would say maybe I am successful in my own right. But there yeah. are still certain areas that I'm like, oh my God, I can't do it, I can't do it. So I suppose yeah. for comedy, what would you say, particularly for you know younger people with disabilities who, who are like, you know, I want to, I want to crack at that. Um, what what would your advice be, Matty? Uh, my advice would be, like, don't get me wrong, it is hard and it is stressful. And like, there's been some times I've been waiting to go on stage and like, I don't want to go on because like anxiety gets to you and you're petrified that people don't like it, people not going to like it. But I'll tell you now, right, as soon as you're on stage and people start laughing, like it's the best feeling in the world. So even though it took me years to put the courage to go and do stand comedy, if anybody wants to do stand comedy, even just for, like try it or for one night, Honestly, just do it. Just write something down. Even go on stage with a piece of paper. Just go and do it. Because honestly, it's the best rush you'll ever have. Unless you're drinking vodka out of a pink cup on a Tuesday night at six o'clock. There she is. Mm. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. I had a hard day yesterday. I deserve to drink my body weight in whatever I want to drink. <laughs> 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 you growl yeah, with your I, I, tongue. The old cliche, just do it, you know what I mean? Just life's too short and well bum bum isn't it? Um <laughs> you know what? No, I've not been drinking. So all through lockdown I had about two drinks. And ever since coming back to London, just could it be pretty pretty challenging for me in what in a lot of ways. Not saying that I'm using alcohol as a crutch, but I'm just having one bit like, you know, if I'm just feeling a bit like anxious, I'll have one drink just to kind of chill me out, which is Probably not the best way, but I'm always that person that says if you need to do something, as long as it's like short term and you recognise that it's short term, then crack on. You know, if it, if it kind of helps you for that, you know, that kind of short period, then do whatever you want. You know, um, it's just when it gets it becomes you know habitual, then you're a bit like fucking heck. See, we're, <laughs> we're chucking out the big words on a Tuesday night. Habitual. There you go. You see. I really like the word habitual. We're we're definitely and, digging and the into word the dictionary. Discombobulated. discombobulated is always Ooh. a good yeah, word. Yeah, love it. Favorite yeah. word ever. So, Matty, look, you've said just yes. you've you've said just do it. Just just go and be a stand-up comedian. Now yeah. that's great, and I'm all for all for positivity. But I know as somebody that's done things that a lot of people think disabled people shouldn't do and a lot of people think people shouldn't do, all, mm-hmm. all, all law-abiding and so on and so forth. But, um, you know, people have challenged me going, you know, should you really be doing that? Come on, do something else. Is that is that really mm. what you want to do? Um, mm. Amongst all your positivity, have you ever had to battle that with, with stand-up sets? Well, if I did, I'd just tell them to F off, basically. Fair. just be like, yeah, it wouldn't bother me. I haven't personally had that, but I can imagine some people will have done, but me, touch wood, nothing yet. No, that's obviously A, testament to you, and B, testament to your comedy. Uh, Yep, and we've got people that are watching us live. Mentioning other stand-up mm. comedians like Francesca Martinez and Lost Voice Guy. So you are in good yep. company, Jack Carroll. So you're in good company and no doubt... See, we should just get a set with 
everybody together. Lost Voice Guy, Rosie Jones, yourself, Francesca mm-hmm. Martinez. Just get everybody in on it and just boss it. Like... I like it. I like it. Yeah. Get well, well, like it. Yeah. You should totally the other issue is from a from a disability perspective i don't know i don't know how mobile you i looking at you matter you're quite mobile you're like me um i don't know if you're a part-time wheelchair user i am um but it's a lot for a lot of comedy clubs they're not accessible like yeah so i mean that's partly the genius of you setting up your own night you know the venue's going to be accessible (laughs) yeah yeah true yeah so because I've had um, an uh, an artist on before that had to be to wheelchair, so we did have make sure the venue was accessible. wheelchair accessible. Indeed, so, and even the stage in the area. 
There you go, you see? And that, and you as a disabled comedian running your own comedy nights means that's at the forefront, as for a lot of venues it's not. They're, they're working men's clubs that have been there for God knows how long that go, well, you can come through the, the trade door and up the trade lift and, you know, mm. we'll carry yeah, you up the yeah. stairs. Like, yeah. so, you know, you leading it. Maybe we should try and start a social media campaign getting all the disa- all the top-notch disabled comedians, including yourself, to all appear at one of your comedy nights and make a big thing of it. Oh, what See? I knew there was a reason I came on here. I knew. There you go. We, we can work at it. We can work <laughs> at it. Or I'll just put joke, scope, obviously, do joke for scope. Maybe we just need to make sure okay. all the talent on joke for scope is literally disabled talent, flat out. Is there anyone got any questions for Matty? Anyone that's tuning in? Oh dear. Yeah, see, it's live. You never know what's going to come. Yeah, somebody says comedy's now gone on Zoom or other social media, which has made it more accessible. It's a valid shout, you know, more. Yeah. Have, have you done any gigs on Zoom, Matty? This is the question. Me, I haven't yet. Ah, see. No. Maybe, maybe um, you should do a virtual pug. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't, no, I, I mean, I should have really done, but no, I didn't. I think that's just down to my own preference. I like to... Fitness. Um, Say again? Your shitness. My shitness. <laughs> yeah. My shitness. No, I just like to, like, like. I think it's great that people are doing Zoom gigs and keep people entertained through lockdown. I think it's great. But, like, as a performer for myself, I just love, like, being in front of people. And I know we can't do that yet, so I'd rather just wait till we get in, get the chance to be in front of people and, like, make people's nights. And I think it's great that people are making people's nights on Zoom and Skype and all that. I think it's great. But at the moment, I'm upset her. You have? She's off. She's fucked off. <laughs> Don't know what's going on. But yeah, no, I I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Being being a predominantly theatre bod myself, there is nothing quite like having a live audience. Oh, that's where she's disappeared to. There she is. Yeah, because in, in Life Downloaded news, Sam's cats have multiplied. <laughs> Bruno. This is Bruno, everybody. Say hi to Bruno. He's just woken up and he's crying. Oh. <laughs> he's he's the brand new man in Sam's life. Not quite yeah. a man yet, but the, the brand new man in Sam's life, Bruno. Brand new, yeah, brand new, brand new lad. <laughs> Named after my grandpa, Bruno. Oh, we did, I did wonder where the name came from. So there you yeah. go. I've, yeah. I've now learned. It's only because my mum didn't get me, want me to get another cat, and um, I did. <laughs> and so I thought, I thought if I named it after her father, who's no longer with us, it would soften uh, the it blow. Soften the blow. <laughs> good, good plan, good plan. I like it. Indeed. Now, Aaron, who's one of our regular watchers here on Life Downloaded Live, says, "How do you handle hecklers and those that have disability stereotypes?" Um, general hecklers, I tell you now, right? I sometimes crumble. Because you've got to be thick. You've got to be thick-skinned and you've got to be quick. And sometimes, like, like if you're in a working men's club and someone heckles out, like, you've just got to be, like, on the ball. And if you're not, there's no point saying anything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You might as well just try and ignore it. But, like, heckling does happen. Um, most established comedy clubs try and encourage the audience not to heckle. But um, it does happen, and it's just part and parcel of the job. Um, 
I've never had anyone shout anything derogative or nasty to me. But it might happen, Dan. It might happen. Just got to be prepared for it, I suppose. Indeed. Got to gotta have those those jokes in your arsenal, I suppose, just in case That's it. it comes up. And then Aaron also asked, do you feel that you're able to... Ter- Sorry. Sam's, Sorry. In, Sam's in and out like a fiddler's elbow Sorry. this evening. The baby needed feeding. Oh, the baby needed feeding. See, the joys of cat parenthood. That's But yeah, Aaron also asked, do you feel that through your stand-up comedy you've been able to change some people's opinions in terms of disability and stuff like that? Um, I'd like to think so. I mean, no one's actually come up to me personally and said anything. But I, I think... I think the majority of people out there, like, I, I like with all, with everyone, like, there's, if someone's disabled, it, it doesn't, it's nothing different, do you know what I mean? You just look different. Mm. doesn't mean they can't do anything. So I, I think most people just accept and admire anybody getting up to do comedy, whether they're disabled or not. So, yeah. to answer your question, no. No, fair play. I think it is one of those <laughs> things. I quite, like, I quite like that idea, though, because... Because it is, it, you need like you need some good balls on you to get up and do comedy. Oh, really? not, yeah. You know what I mean? So I think I think you know the disability gets taken out of, or or whether you're female or whether you know what I mean. Whether you're not you know uh, the, the 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 typical you know comedian or whatever that looks like. But if you are a bit different, I suppose yeah, you know people just respect you because actually they know that they couldn't do it, irrespective yeah. of your gender, your disability, your ethnicity. Mm. You know, so so yeah, I quite like that. I think it does give you just that little bit of right. Well, you know what? Uh, mm. I can do it. You can't. Just throw you. <laughs> yeah. And the best thing is, best thing about comedy nights is like the whole comedians are like all one team. Well, majority, majority comedians are anyway. Like everyone's the same team. So when you're in the green room or you're backstage, like everyone's for everyone. Everyone wants to make sure everyone does well. And if someone has a bad night, it's just a bad night. It doesn't mean you're not funny. It's just well. I say that, but sometimes it's just <laughs> sometimes it's just a bad night at the office kind of thing. So yeah. What 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 do you do when that happens? When it's just silent? Because like they don't uh, people that you still won't get you. Just won't get yeah, you. Yeah, I've had I've had that a few times. Like some of my jokes, like just fall flat on the ass, and it's just like, oh, it's gonna be a long ten minutes. But like you just keep going and just just have fun. That's what I try and do. If I'm dying on my ass in front of the mic, just either enjoy it or just make sure they try and enjoy as much as they can. But, like, you're right, not everyone's going to find me funny, not everyone finds all the comedians I like funny. It's just, like, comedy's so subjective that it's just... You, the best thing about comedy nights is you don't know what you're going to get. No, that's very know, true. You don't know who's going to come on the mic next, you don't know what they're going to look like, you don't know what they're going to talk like, you don't know if they're going to be dressed up, not dressed up. And that's the best thing. That's what I think the best thing about comedy is, but... Well, dying on your ass is horrible, but you've just got to suck it up and just finish the time or run off stage and not get paid. <laughs> have, have you ever done that? What, run off stage? Um, I haven't run off stage, but I've cut time on my own nights. So on all night that I've run, like when I was really starting up early and like I was like bigger myself up, I said, oh, I can do five minutes, I have an easy five minutes. And like you get out there and you do your whole set and you look at your watch and like 30 seconds have gone. And you're like, fucking hell. See that? Everyone's just looking at you, and everyone's like, I paid money for you to make me laugh, and it's just like, you've got nothing left, and it's just like, good night, and just walk off kind of thing. <laughs> that's like 
like me when I try and write a monologue. I think like it's this Shakespearean fucking, you know, five hour performance. And like, I, I make like one minute 30 normally. I'm like, oh, that's it. I can't remember anymore. That'll do. <laughs> But you see, that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't think about when it comes to stand-up comedy is there's actually a real skill in time management. Like, Absolutely, yeah. And, and, like, I've just thought about it now, so I'm sure, like, the general public don't necessarily think about it. Um, in my other career as a pro wrestler, I'm used to filling a wrestling match for five minutes. What? To... Did you not know, Matty? What's that? Oh, what's that? This is about me. <laughs> Uh, changing the podcast here, like. <laughs> so, it's alright the people of the podcast know that I'm a wrestler it comes up regularly but we'll have a conversation afterwards um, but but yeah you know I'm used to working a wrestling match for however long I need to work a wrestling match for mm. but I've never thought of comedy in the same vein um, mm. yeah isn't it? yeah and it's a case of you know you you, I suppose you've got three minute sets, five minute sets, ten minute sets, and a twenty minute set, and you chop and change accordingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair play. No, it's just something I hadn't thought about. Now, what I'm interested in, though, is you said you just started touring a bit more and going to different parts of the country before. Corona. I say touring is just like a glamorous thing. Well, I'm no. literally in this and Minecraft <laughs> with two other comedians. Oh yeah, like I, I understand that completely. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we know you're not Beyonce. All right, come on. <laughs> not, not yet, not yet, not yet. If you like you know, it, just trying to like spread my wing or wing, so to speak, and then um, just try and meet different people, connect more with different comedians, and but like the whole comedy community is just so massive and just. There's so much potential out there for everyone to have such a good time and make people's evenings that I just want to try and get involved more uh, and try and not upset people on the way. Totally, and that's what it's all about. But my question is, have you noticed, as you've gone to different places, that people's sense of humour changes? Absolutely. Yeah? Northerners, Northerners. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, like, that's, that's a good thing, because I always think... Like, I'm from Middlesbrough, so, like, people in Middlesbrough find me funny. That is great. But, like, you need to find out if you're actually funny. So you need to go out the area, and you need to test your material in front of people from Liverpool, from Manchester, from London, just to, just to, I don't know, just to, there's no point just being the funny man in Middlesbrough, is there? No, no, that's very true. Now, have you found that there's an area with tougher crowds than anywhere else? Um, at the moment, um... Probably not, you know. Well, there you go. See, that's testament to your skill there, Matty. You reckon? You think that's what it is? I reckon so, because, you know... Either that or just enjoy the two minutes and then just walk off and go out there and play. I don't know what I'm trying to think. I don't think I've had an area where there's been quite... No, sometimes, like, certain nights. So, like... So, if you go to a comedy club, like... But if you go to a a night in a pub that's got food on the go or got like a live band in the middle of the comedy that's game over that's, oh telling you no that. yeah what? oh game over yeah you wish you hadn't gone in the car that's how game over it is because mm. <laughs> there's too many other distractions isn't there it's like oh, yeah. yeah so, so they're nice to have but I suppose it's it's the job isn't it that you've got to do it is it's part of the trade yeah so do you have a favourite joke? Not necessarily uh, one of your own, 
But if you can, it can be one of your own if it's that good. But do you generally have a favourite joke? A favourite joke? I don't have a favourite joke. Um, oh shit! I don't have a favourite joke. Um, I wouldn't say I have a favourite joke, but I have a favourite style of comedy. Okay. So I love physical comedy. So I love like um, like Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin. And like Jim Carrey when he was very physical in the early days. I love that type of comedy. So like if I watch someone do that type of stuff and like I'm just in awe of all that because like sometimes it's quite hard to convey comedy without saying anything and just so I wouldn't say I have a favourite joke. I probably do, but like you put me on the spot then that wasn't on the notes. <laughs> I mean, we're live, we're live. <laughs> I wasn't on the notes, and you've been arrested on the notes. Drive home. Trust me, I know. Of course it is. technology sorted yes new computers mean dodgy tech problems but we got it out we're live we've we've done we've done this episode i'll get it all sorted by next one remember to check out the laughing pug comedy club remember to check out matty on all the social medias and yeah stick around guys and we'll see you next episode listen to the old episodes on all the usual channels and we'll catch you soon because Sam, as always, needs to go pee. Take care, everybody, and we'll see you Take soon. Care. Bye. Bye.